Welcome to this week's edition of Coach Prep. Coach Don and I are here in the Cherokee Batting Range getting ready to record episode number 75. We've got a really good show lined up today. We're going to talk about how to measure our end-of-season success as coaches. We've got an interesting twist on that. Before we do that, let's talk about uh, Cleat It Up. Cleat It Up FP is the communication tool we want you to use. It's a free app for your phone. It's a great solution for all your communication challenges within your team, within your organization. Also has a great social media aspect to it. Also, let's talk about Nexair. Nexair is a Memphis-based industrial gas, medical gas, research gas, welding supply, and safety PPE supplier. With strategically placed retail locations, sales branches, and distribution centers throughout the southeast, Nexair is never too far away. They maintain centralized product warehouses to serve you better and be more reliable. Through our services, you can receive the products you need when you need them. Our fleet of trucks will get you the gas you need when you need it. If you're interested in any Nexair product or service or just want to talk through your options, please get in touch. Our customer care team at 888-639-2474 will help you find the branch or outside sales rep in your area. Please reach out to Nexair. They'll take care of all your needs. And lastly, Don, let's talk about patreon.com slash everythingfastpitch. We want all of our listeners, if you are in a position to, become a patron. There's three different levels of support, and there's a lot of different benefits that go along with those. We've added some benefits besides what you'll get when you look at the Patreon page. Um, You can attend the Zoom Coaches Clinic February 21st for free, and then you also get a discount on our Square Cuts training discs. They're usually $49.95 a dozen, so you get 12 discs for $49.95. If you're a patron, you get a 40% discount. Nice. Um, And obviously, um, we would love for you to become a patron. If you're just a regular listener, you can get a 10% discount by going ILISTEN is the code, ILISTEN21. So you use that promo code. But if you're a patron, we're going to send you a special code. You get that 40% discount on top of the regular benefits you get, which are explained on the Patreon page. So patreon.com slash everything fast pitch. It's a great way for you to support everything fast pitch and coach prep coach Don and I really do appreciate it all helps. Yeah. Um, We are uh, trying to keep this thing up and running and flowing uh, in a positive direction. The patrons are a big part of us keeping this going. There's a lot Um, of costs that go into it. Right. And, and, and certainly we appreciate uh, the help and trying to do some extra special things for our patrons to let them know that we do appreciate their help. So Don end of season success. Here's a, a important thing for us to think about. One of the things I think that happens to us as coaches is we spend a lot of time thinking about the best players on our roster. But I think ultimately, whether you're going to have a successful team or not and have a successful season or not, is what you do with the bottom tier, the the lower skill level kids on your team. And I think if you really have a successful year, what you're going to do is be able to look back at the end of the season, look back at the end of the year and see how much you've helped and how much you've improved those kids that started off as the last four or five kids on your roster. No, I think that's a great thought too, Tori, is that, uh, you know, so often we, we think of successful years as winning the last game of the year. Did we win a championship? Did we win the league? Did we, you know, have a, a winning record? Those types of things. But in what we're talking about today, I think we're talking in regards to us as a group being successful or setting goals to make sure that the the bottom third or bottom quarter of our beginning talent gets better. Right. And that they're able to compete at a at a very close level to the ones that, you know, we might have seen as the top tier 
right. for the top quarter in the beginning of the year. Right? Yeah, and I think you know when we have this discussion, we're really talking about the typical travel ball situation, the typical school ball situation, because you're not going to have a super deep roster of super talented players. You know, even the very best travel teams, you know, are still operating in that you know 10, 12, 14 player range, and um, at different times during the course of the year. Those kids that are numbers nine through twelve, who aren't necessarily the the kids that you're thinking of as the full time starters, the most important, the most impactful kids, are going to play a really important role in the success or failure of your team. And I think uh, when you look at the uh, wins and losses as part of it, but certainly the overall development is part of it. But I think if you can do a good job of developing your weakest players, helping them improve as much as possible to, as you said, close the gap between where they're at and where the best, quote-unquote, best players on your roster are, I think you're going to see a gigantic return and see an unbelievable improvement overall in how your team is performing and, and, and whether or not you're having success or not. So, yeah, and a lot of times we talk from uh, when we were coaching in college and we've won some championships and stuff at Kennesaw uh, when we were coaching and in the championship games, I don't think we had the same nine starters that, that started in, in other games. So everybody was important. And, you know, if we left some of those kids out of the get better role, then we would have been a lot weaker than we were otherwise. So I think that pours over into every level. And it's, it's easy to make sure your best players are getting enough cuts. Your best players are getting enough ground balls. Your, you know, your best players are ready for that weekend tournament. But all your players need to be ready for right. all the games. Yeah, because you're yeah. you're ne- never very far away from a sprained ankle One, or a, yeah. or in this day and age a, a positive test um, right. for there corona, and and all of a sudden that shortstop that you've been giving all the time to a pulled muscle is, a is out for a weekend or out for a, a, an extended period of time. Yeah, and uh, you know you're looking around for who else can play, who else can can fill that role, and I think. That uh, it, you know, some of what we always talk about, Don, is human nature. And for us, human nature as coaches is a really easy trap to fall into. We're all drawn to the best kids. We all want to work with the best kids because it's the most fun. Sure. You know, when you're working with that really talented shortstop, and all of a sudden she's diving for balls and and ranging really far, and you know, you know, making these really cool plays, it's really exciting and it's really fun. You know, I think about the college game kicking off now. And I cannot imagine how much fun it would be to be coaching at Washington and seeing Sis Bates out there tearing it up, you know, you know, Smooth. making all these amazing, yeah. amazing plays all the time. Uh, you know, and everybody knows one of the best shortstops alive. But we, we got to give twice as many to her backup. And and the moral to the story is last year in the abbreviated season, she missed it was like ten or twelve games because she was in concussion protocol, and Washington had somebody else who could step in and play at a really high level and and do a great job and i think that you know because of the time and effort that had been invested in that second player right that's why a program like that at the college level is so successful now obviously at the college level your backup kids are still really talented sure but the moral to the story is it's still the same discussion you know and, and i've seen college coaches um, that have kind of a philosophy of and when they lay out practice, they lay out practice where our starters get the majority of the work and right. then our backup kids get what's left. You know, so let's say we're going to hit for an hour. The starters hit for 45 minutes and the subs hit for 15. How does that work, right? Yeah, you know, and, and yeah. those kinds of things. You know, in the NFL, you hear it all the time. When you're the starting quarterback, you get starters reps. 
And if you're not the starting quarterback, you get whatever's left over, right? And then everybody's shocked when Aaron Rodgers gets hurt that the, the, the backup isn't very good. Right. Well, and obviously, you know, the backup's not going to be as talented as Aaron Rodgers, but if we invested a little bit more time in that backup, maybe the drop-off wouldn't be so drastic. drastic. And I think in the softball world, we see that all the time. And so I think what we have to, to do as coaches is make up our minds that we're going to look at the five kids that we know in our heart of hearts are the five weakest kids and start to develop a strategy to really emphasize their improvement, to really work on their weaknesses, to really identify those weaknesses and come up with some specific things that we're going to do to make sure that they're getting addressed. We can't just lump them in with everybody else and assume that that means that those problems are going to get resolved. We have to make a commitment to it. So I think too, Tori, I... Thinking back, how many times did we, even after practice, have a player or two that wanted a little bit more? And, you know, we're working for field time and stuff with the travel ball world, but we can find a way to get an empty cage or to get a place off on the side to get a little extra work in, work on footwork, um, get extra swings down in the down in the cages or something to right. um, make up some of those deficits. But this is, and I'm glad we're talking about it because this is a huge thing for the the success of a group for sure right and again it's it's just kind of a, a chance for us as coaches to check ourselves a little bit and think about what Open we're what we're doing yeah. to make sure that we're doing a, a good job because I I can admit that there were undoubtedly times that you know if if your best player comes to you and says hey coach can we spend a little bit extra time working on my swing I want to get in a few extra swings can you throw me a few extra pitches today and I come in for a little bit extra extra work. And I'd be excited. I couldn't wait for that kid to get there because it was so much fun to work with them because we were able to work on, you know, high level fun things, cool stuff. And undoubtedly having the opposite reaction when it's your, you know, weaker players who really need the help the most. And I don't know if it's a, you know, just human nature thing or or whatever it is. It was like, yeah. <laughs> I'd like to, but I'm. You know, I I, I got to get these reports done, or I'd like to, but you know, I need to go, you know, to this meeting or whatever. And I think that it's uh, something that we just need to make sure we're thinking about as coaches, because I think I know I've undoubtedly done that at times where I did not dedicate enough time to a weaker player who really wanted the help as much as I would dedicate my time to a stronger player who wanted the help. I'm gonna put myself in that same category, Tori, and. For us, it was an everyday thing. I mean, it was six or seven days a week we were doing softball. Yeah. So when in that respect, I was like, in my head, I was like, well, we'll still get it tomorrow. But for the travel ball world or for, you know, a, a less opportunity to get the kids together, I think that uh, any advantage we can take to, to get them where they need to be is good. Right. And so I think that's our challenge. So coaches, we need to have a strategy to help our weakest players get better. And I think if we if we work really hard at that, you're going to start to see an immediate payoff. And again, you know, if 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 we're talking about you know a rec level team, if you know we've got four really good players, four kinda okay players, and four pretty weak players that really need a lot of work, just think about the impact that it's going to make on your team if those four kids that we throw in the outfield because we have to put them someplace because we got to play nine kids. If they start catching every fly ball, we can coach them up. Yeah. yeah. If they start knowing where to throw the ball, if they start backing up plays that they're supposed to back up, 
if we invest some time in those kids, we're going to see a gigantic payoff. Get better jumps. Yeah. All the, yeah. And, and so all those things that we take for granted with our better players, we, we, can, we know we can't take them for granted. I can remember when I first started coaching at the high school level, this is back a long, long time ago in the 70s. 70s. We would play varsity high school games back then with outfielders that I wasn't sure could catch the fly ball if it got hit to them. <laughs> And it wasn't their fault. They just didn't have the same level of experience and knowledge and, and opportunities that our kids have now. But I think the same is true. So it might not be that you look out at that outfielder and go, well, you know, she can't catch the ball if it gets hit to her. To Yeah, but she can't go quite far enough. She doesn't have the same range. So it's still the same relative discussion. We've got to invest our time to help those kids because that one kid who can't catch a fly ball on your rec team is going to keep you from winning games forever. And if we continue to ignore that kid, hoping for a miracle that somehow they're going to just, you know, on their own figure out how to do it, we're going to be waiting for a long time. So, Tori, as you're saying this, I'm thinking about the young ones too. The The learning curve is so fast for those that invest the time right. with, with young, uh, inexperienced kids. As they get experienced, some of them, you know, the, the light bulb goes off, the excitement, uh, you know, the fire's lit, the excitement's there. And uh, they can really, truly become some of your superstars yep. if, you're, if you're willing to engage in that and make it happen. I think that's ex- really exciting to see. Right. So the, well, young and, one, the young ones, for sure. You know, just a quick story to kind of you know, put into perspective how I think all this stuff works out. Um, with our 12 and under team, which is a really talented team, as they were working their way up the ranks, the temptation kept being you know, working on bunt coverages, working on first and third plays, working on relays, working on cutoffs. And what ended up making the biggest difference for that team going from being good to being really, really good was hundreds of pop-ups, ground balls, you know, setting up little, you know, little circuit drills where, you know, that they're, you know, just running and catching the ball, you know, a hundred times in practice. And so the really good kids were already good at it. They got better at it. But where the payoff really was is those weaker kids got so much better, so much faster because they were getting the opportunity to work on the most fundamental things, you know, just running and catching the ball. You know, you think that's so fundamental, everybody should be able to do it. Well, at the younger ages, the good kids could track a ball and could, you know, drop step, could, you know, run and, and make a play but not everybody. And this was on a team that was winning all the time. Right. We still had kids that couldn't do some of those things. And when we decided to emphasize those most fundamental pieces to help those kids the most, the payoff has been unbelievable. And so now everybody's better at doing those things, but it really made a difference for the weaker kids because they needed the most help. And that most fundamental help paid off quickest for them. In those big games, the groups that uh, make those uh, basic mistakes are the ones that lose. Yep. So if we can make fewer of those, we're, we're going to be much better off. So coaches, it's, it's really simple. You have to look in the mirror and look at yourself and figure out, what am I going to do next practice to really help the weakest kids? Okay, we have to dedicate time to that process. doesn't mean that you pull those five kids out and make them do something extra special or not different. Only, not only them. Right. Yeah. But, you know, but as you're putting your practices together, if you've got a couple of kids on your team that really struggle with catching the ball, spending all your time on bunt coverages is probably counterproductive. If you've got a couple of outfielders that really struggle with tracking the ball, spending all your time talking about relays and double relays and cutoffs is probably problematic because if we can't catch it or stop it from rolling... 
worrying about all that other fun stuff isn't that isn't that logical and i understand where it, where it comes from because it's fun to work on the fun stuff and you got to cover everything eventually but yeah. yeah but it all starts with knowing that those weakest kids are going to be able to hold their own and improve and ultimately contribute to your team being successful. So, Don, I think that's a really interesting topic. I want to say it's thanks to our producer, one. Stan Lewis. Stan yeah. uh, brought that one to the table today. Um, as always, we're asking our listeners to make suggestions. So check out our website, fastpitchprep.com. It's got tons of information. But also we want you to reach out to us at either fastpitchprep at gmail.com or everythingfastpitch at gmail.com with suggestions and topics. Also, if uh, you're listening to this, I'm sure you're also listening to Everything Fast Pitch. We need uh, nominations for the Player of the Week. But if you go to the website, there's our YouTube channel. There's about 600 blogs worth of information that I've written and other people have written over the years. Uh, Tons of stuff. And again, you can go there and also order your Square Cuts training discs. The training discs are $49.95 a dozen. Uh, go to the website. You can go through the uh, order link and uh, get get your order processed, and we'll get them shipped out to you right away. I mean, we're excited that these Square Cuts training discs are so popular. So, Don, anything else for number 75? No, that was a great topic today. Another milestone, 75? 75. It's a good number. It's pretty cool. So for Coach Don and our producer, Stan Lewis, this is Coach Tori in the Cherokee Batting Range Podcast Studio saying thanks for listening to Coach Prep. We'll talk to you again next week. <laughs>